Good morning. Welcome to the Art Pit. We are your hosts, Holly and Katie. Back again. Yeah. Now three or four. Three point five because we had a point five in there. Yeah. Or three. No. So I think it's just three, because that was either way. Welcome back. Today we have Katie leading and hosting the discussion on museums. So let's not chit-chat any longer about <laughs> anything other than museums. Yes, it's museum time. So I'm going to talk about basically how museums have kind of done wrong indigenous people over the years um, and how they really helped colonization and oppression. Going to kind of start out like the beginning of everything um, during colonization when okay when they brought back materials uh, from the indigenous people to britain and france and all the other colonizing countries they kind of put out this light that how museums displayed them it was in a way that kind of showed weakness rather than like actually anything about their culture so yeah it showed western culture as triumphant and really othered indigenous people in a sense um as well, there was the story of this one woman named Sayorchi Bartman. Um, so she was from South Africa, actually. And she was sold as a slave in 1810 and died in 1815 due to harsh treatment. Um, and she was 25 when she passed away. After that incredibly difficult life, her body was then displayed in a museum until the 1980s, which is horrible and she was only returned to her community in 2002 yeah it's so disgusting that there there are still human remains in museums today i don't know have you ever seen human remains in museums i don't think i have but no i haven't i've seen like human hair and stuff but not uh like bones or flesh or anything good because i think that's like it's such a good like gross practice I'm fully aware that there are like museums in Canada though that really have human remains. Jeez Louise, I actually yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, Canada isn't as great and happy oh, and yeah. friendly as Don't we think we it is. It. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so they really kind of created these stereotypes about uh, Native Americans that are still actually held around today. Like the uh, savage and everything was kind of created through museums for. The public this narrative was created by museums which is weird i never thought of museums having that much power which i guess it really does um so next we're just going to kind of move on to cultural suppression that happened and assimilation so um when colonial powers kind of realized that indigenous people wouldn't just go extinct extinct um they decided to rather assimilate them so there was a period of residential schools and cultural suppression that happened um and during this time many items were taken and collected for museums so um if someone were to be holding a ceremony or something then it would be shut down and all the items for the ceremony would be taken into museum and this kind of changed the worldview of indigenous people from the savages to instead to be noble savages which is not a lot better <laughs> um but this means that um, many of the objects that were originally rejected by people were now looked at in a very positive light. Um, so a lot of people kind of found this other was very interesting because now they were more noble. You know, they were. I feel like 
like it was probably the stance that they were less of a threat because these institutions were set up to remove this culture. The government was like back leading on saying that like these people won't exist anymore. Yeah, so they had the government and and things installed that they were fully aware that indigenous people would lose access to cultural practices and things like that. So then by working towards making like because back in the day like they didn't continue they didn't consider indigenous people human so it's like once they began to like humanize them and put laws and restrictions around you can be considered like or you can get this or you can have money or you can have land or blah 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 or farming or whatever if you participate in the way that we would not how you would so i think that a lot of confidence is gained in like relocation in in like making no choice but for the individual to you know take the colonizers like bargaining which wasn't really bargaining it was basically like forcing because otherwise a lot of the times like it was to the point of like people starving or whatever like even look at today like the quality of water some reserves are getting like that stuff was also present before within like amongst all of this other stuff but anyways no, it's like, kind of a tangent totally real right like it's I wouldn't say it's a tangent. I think that's uh, very true. And especially the whole seeing them as less than a threat um, and just kind of like being like, oh, see, we can control these people. So now I'm cool that it's, I don't know, it's gross to say the least. So yeah, during this time of assimilation, um, museums would take all their objects and everything, right? So they took a lot of sacred materials that were necessary for some cultural practices. And at the same time, this means that any materials lost that were needed for cultural practices that were then lost could then be revived, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's talking about how some materials in museums were then like, could then revive cultural practices. And I was like, that's kind of weird to... I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying about how a lot of the... I think it's like saying now that like a lot of communities have lost their practices because the materials that their ancestors had are locked up in museums right. and not accessible anymore. And then the kind of book kind of puts it in a weird light of being like, oh, but then the museums gave back their stuff and gave them back their practices and everything. And I was like, I feel like they're really trying to put in a positive light, but it just felt strange to me to be like, oh, see, museums actually did kind of good by stealing all these things. So I kind of wanted your... Yeah, no, I don't think that will ever be believed. Is this a recovery mission, <laughs> in quotation marks, something that should be, like, rewarded for museums? Like, that... Well, like, the other thing, too, is, like, like if... if who were collecting these things and had this excitement over trying to understand a new group of people and like like a fetish of them you know like like things are stolen from grave sites like people were buried with their things that was meant to go with them and now they're in museum collections like i don't know like in a museum in a collection space and on display if you can see like 50 moccasins like imagine who those all belong to no matter like what age they were like or yeah like 
I don't know, or seeing like baby moccasins and you only have one left. Like there's there's stories there and there's there's people that belong to those objects that who knows like if it was from a gravesite, like like there's yeah, it's it's not always take it like there are moments of trade and moments of gifts for sure, like that people will will hand off like like I made this for you moments, but for the majority it's not, I would say. Yeah. And like I don't know, it was really gross to be to be talking about how um so many like things were lost were like taken away from people and then they're like, oh but see the museum really like helped them out in the end. Like today we revived so many things. I'm like, I don't really think museums revived anything i think they just gave back what was theirs don't necessarily give back they lend on very special circumstances but like yeah i think that i think that maybe this right in in our inuit and circumpolar people art history class like the sunglasses like unless they've been like unless they were found like afterwards like they would have been like you know lost at sea or like maybe lost in ice or something like unless people did like take or trade or give them or whatever however that worked in those situations like these objects likely wouldn't exist anymore but that's because like the people who were creating them i don't think had intentions for it to exist for oh that's interesting so yeah so it's like look yeah being like okay it's here we can study it but i think that like yeah what what can go back should go back so do you think like materials that or sacred materials that were maybe taken by museums so this narrative that museums revived um cultural practices and such by giving back um cultural materials do you think that's true do you think these cultural practices would have been revived anyways i don't think i have fair judgment (laughs) okay um because i also don't think i fully understand the writing or the reading that you did like i don't understand that phrase like just because i don't have like all the filling of it because i wouldn't write a book about how the museum has revived indigenous culture okay i think it's you know like i think it's indigenous people who are reviving their culture and i think first like a lot of indigenous people who are taking these acts to connect with what their ancestors would have practiced are often seeking their elders if they have access to them or seeking community members before they seek the museum like the museum, I think, is literally just like a government body holding objects. Like they don't have, unless they're an indigenous person who is connected to the specific community. Like let's say it's a museum of Treaty Four, and this person's a Treaty Four indigenous person who grew up ancestors here, blah blah blah, and they have constant connection with all of the reserves in Treaty Four. Built this, like that would the way would be the way that I would see the museum reviving it. But it's because of the person holding the that position but there are very few if any situations like that cool that yeah that's exist. that's basically what i was asking that so yeah moving on i'm gonna kind of talk about okay so in class there was this video um i think you watched it i forget who it was by but it was a dance um an amplification an amplification amplification through many minds um by tanya luckin Linklater. So it's kind of like her and she's back in these like storage closets um, and just kind of like in this small cramped space and she's like trying to dance in it. 
and I think it really helps visualize um, how these, you know, objects and everything are just kind of stuffed in this room where they can't really be seen or um, dance in a way. I have a quote from uh, Elder Pam Heavyhead, and he says, our medicine pipe didn't dance for 75 years because it ended up in the hands of collectors. So it's just kind of like this idea of um, these sacred objects just kind of like stuffed in this back area where they can't dance, as they say. Yeah, like the, I think there's a lot of teachings around um, these belongings being active and being alive and breathing. And so that's why, like, for example, like some museums will hold in agreement to their communities around them that they're holding the objects for. Um, or against maybe um oops <laughs> there got a little rattled for a second no. um, <laughs> um but uh the museum in my opinion especially sacred objects i don't believe that museums should have sacred object collections i think about i thought about this a lot like in my summer jobs of thinking like like how would you then make this like so that the museum or institution would give it up and it's like well I know it's it it isn't appropriate in for some museums, like depending on you know who they're talking to and figuring out like to um, hold and document or not hold sorry document I guess hold in some cases, but document sacred objects. But it's like these objects are are things that people use for ceremony um, that have no will not be used by the museum, like in the sense of like the, the workers, it will be lended out in order to be used. So it's like, why you like, since when did you have your hand in any of this? Like, it's like, this is not your stuff. This is never your stuff. This has ceremonial and spiritual meaning. It's like, I don't know. No, I completely why, why agree. Keeping any of that. Yeah. Like this is an active thing. This participates, like this object belongs to a, like, a scene and a world so much bigger than this, you know, yeah. locked up, coded, armed room. Yeah, it's like, know. it's gross. And I completely agree that I don't think museums should hold um, sacred objects or anything. I think. Well, I was going to say, not to mention, like, like, the amount of the same objects they have. Yeah, like, like. The amount of like, yeah, pipes and pipe parts that museums have is unreal. It's like there's there's like there's diversity in in how every culture creates and practices, but visually, it's like how like how many of these do you need? Also, like somebody who has like these objects was a special person who only they were allowed to, to likely like access and use this. Um, it's like, okay, well, if it, if it was their object, it was their job, whether, like, what what position they held in their communities as, like, a spiritual, like, guiding person or whatever. Um, it's like, okay, what are the odds that that was buried with them? And what if the odds, like, that was ceremony, like, that object or that being once, like, this person passed and then now they're all in the museum and, like, yeah, all together, too? Like, I don't know. No, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so many, 
so many cultural belongings and it's like people have paid this idea that like every indigenous community sat around and like sung kumbaya together but it's like there was beefs like there was there was <laughs> issues going on and so it's like well you don't know that so let's say like like going on with believing that these objects are living which i would agree have um an energy and a spirit to them and you put them beside their enemy in a collection space that they're sitting in a hundred years for it's like it's kind of humorous thinking about like how they'd be bickering but at the same time how disrespectful is that yeah on a reality like spectrum no that's cool um, i never even thought of that as like putting them beside some place where they like had beef have beef <laughs> yeah with um another object i think that's cool and yeah even as you said earlier about um how museums like need them to research it or something i don't think that they really do i don't think it's necessary to steal objects to research them you know i think if you really need to research it then there's a better way to go about it but even then is it is it necessary i guess exactly uh, but yeah, so I'm going to talk about some um, things that kind of try to fix this. So um, in 1990 in America, they have, they created this thing called the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. Did I say that right? Repatriation? Repatriation, yeah. Okay. You're close. Re- Sorry, say it again repatriation repatriation yeah okay but i'm sure however you said it like i understood what you were saying okay cool um so it's negpra for short um so in america there's um a law that requires museums to obtain uh requires museums that obtain federal funding to kind of look over and through their collections and kind of do a full inventory if there's any human remains, any funerary objects, sacred objects, and cultural patrimony that have to go back to linear descents or um, kind of their source communities. So it's this law that really makes museums just like give back their stuff. Now, um, these ones say that it's only museums that, re- that obtain federal funding. So I'm not sure how many museums don't. I know a lot do. Um, but I feel like there's definitely. When was this like released? This was created in 1990. Uh, right. So I definitely felt like there's like some museums out there that weren't abiding by this in America. But um, yeah, now I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So then in Canada, we don't have this. We have um, in 1988 after um, this big thing at the Glenmo. Glenbow Museum. Um, they created a task force that was made out of the Assembly of First Nations and the Canadian Museums Association. They really kind of made this whole document that um, encouraged museums to involve Indigenous communities in um, creating and displaying and the narrative that they would be shown. And then in 1992, Canadian government made it required that museums must have letters of support from Indigenous communities that are represented when applying for a grant. Um, Canada does not have, like, a law like America does. The task force decided 
that voluntary compliance would work much better. I don't agree with that. I think there probably should have been a law talking about like making people give things back because I don't know when you make it like voluntary then some people are going to keep some of these sacred materials and like human remains and like yeah I'm sure that like whatever institutions like like when things like that are laid down like it it takes years and years to process that stuff because it's like also remembering the fact that a lot of these objects don't have a history anymore like they're not documented or the way of of um I can't remember the word but it's like it's a document that that tells the curator whoever is working in the collection how this object was obtained or where it was from and I've read like handfuls of them and they'll say like oh in 1897 my uncle's brother was fishing and he found this along the water or you know he got it from this indian person who blah 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 like like the the history is often written by a white person who collected the object and so the history may not be accurate and then it's like well where does it go from there because like from personal experiences like like I can say, like there's so many objects that don't have a home. Like they don't, they don't have a history written. Like they, their relationship to wherever they belong to is not documented. So it's like, well, how, how do you return it then, oh. if it's unknown? You know, like you can look at like the designs on it and try to associate with like what, uh, like where it came down. But and then it's like trying to find the family from the if it's beating like or like tufting or something trying to find the family that it belongs to dependent on the style it's like for a single object could be months of research and when museums have thousands of objects it's like and museums have more than thousands of objects like they have tons right um it's like yeah this plan like when you like i was asking why when it was released because it's like oh i haven't heard of much going on or like i know like it's like museum talk of like all the grumbling and the complaining about like government working and like being in an institution and like all of the flaws that are still there it's like yeah these things are always set but and they're great that like there is a set because that means like you have to at least make this or aim to achieve it it hasn't been achieved is what i'm saying but people like because it is such a long process and there are not as many museum workers as there could be to put like fast forward that project it's like that law could have been proposed to like in the next hundred years we should give everything back that needs to go back or like that they deem sacred or whatever yeah right well i feel like yeah like in canada we don't have a law so i feel like we should just like like you said, like it takes there's like the tr- there's like the Truth and Reconciliation Act, which like isn't a specific law saying museums need to give back things, but I know it's like what a lot of people are basing their their reasonings behind. Oh, um, I see. Um, and then in 2001, the United Nations adopted um, the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. So. Um, what that says is indigenous peoples have the right to maintain, control, protect, and develop their cultural heritage, traditional knowledge, and traditional cultural expressions 
and should receive government funding to do so. Um, there were four nation states that voted against this. It was Australia, New Zealand, the United States, and Canada. Um, which kind of felt like I caught them in the act there of <laughs> just kind of being like, oh, we want to we wanna help um, indigenous people kind of and everything, and then immediately just voting against them <laughs> and voting against something that would help them. And so kind of like for a final word on everything, I know that um, a lot of indigenous people kind of feel resentment towards museums, which is totally justified, you know. Um, as an art student, do you feel that resentment? Like I know museums are a big part of your studies, so kind of how do you how do you feel? <laughs> it's a very that's a question that has a very big answer, but I think that like my opinion is kind of obvious in this discussion in itself that it's I believe there's a lot of change that needs to happen in museums. Um, and I think there's a lot of potential, like, it's just whether or not, you know, it's often the museum where, or I don't know if it's often, I've noticed that it's with museum workers who are pro-reconciliation or returning objects or pro, like, moving forward, but it's their bosses or the big bodies or, like, the the actual sectors and those people who are unwilling to make changes because to make change is a lot of a lot of steps it's a lot of work and there isn't funding to support people who are who can do that so if one person per museum is doing that then it's also hard to control like is this one person just giving everybody anything that they think like you know like there's so much that needs to be involved like i think elders need to be involved um per community and there's so many communities and not every com community member on a reserve or wherever they're relocating these objects to agree with one another like they're people <laughs> like yeah pe people under the same faith under the same culture disagree with other like with things that their culture does and stuff like that so it's like by maybe 30 percent of the community might think this 30% of the community might think that and 40% of the community might think something else, you know, like, I don't know, but a hundred percent, I think museums need to have a huge reassessment, like, um, on what belongings they get to physically have or what records I prefer. I think that museums should more so have records of objects and be able to return objects because the community should have the right to decide whether this object is seen further or not physically whether this object should keep living as a physical thing or should be put to rest. Mm. But, like, I don't think there's any way that museums will just return belongings. Like, there's no way that's impossible unless you completely, like, destroy museums, which won't happen. Right. So it's, like, it's it's the kind of that idea of, like, because it's here, it's it's a way for people to access their belongings and there are no other ways currently. How can, can how can I, as an indigenous person, work, work against and alongside museums to get what I want and to get and support my 
my friends and family who also want access to this. So it's like, yeah, it's a hard balance. But at the end of the day, it's like to be involved, you you start you put a you put a log in front of people. It's like, okay, now we have to talk to this person because she's here and she's going to say something. And it's like, they can't move forward unless they talk to me. And that's why, like, I think elder positions and things like that and Indigenous staff members working with Indigenous collections are important because sometimes you just, you know, by the connection you have to your own objects or, you know, like your own communities or like growing up and seeing these materials in practice or in use or then seeing the relationship to the, like, the older objects that it's like, oh, I never knew, you know, kind of things. Like, I don't know. All about being the inside. Yeah, definitely. It's a complicated relationship. I think a lot of Indigenous people feel that towards museums, definitely. Yeah. Like, every time I would go to work, I just, you know, put something in my backpack, and so one day... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You actually got me. I was like, wait. One day. One day. Just one day. Just one thing every day. It's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's a good note to end this on. Sweet. Sweet. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you, any stray listeners. (laughs) Any stray listener who fell into the art pit. Yeah. (laughs) We got you. We're here. (laughs) We're all in the pit together. Yeah, and we'll Kumbaya. talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk to you um, next time. Next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.